Hello, and welcome to the ADHD Manual Podcast. My name is Abby Miner. I'm a marriage and family therapist, an ADHD-certified clinical services provider, and a proud ADHDer. This is a podcast for people with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and those who love us, which covers pretty much everybody. Growing up with a colorful brain in a black and white world can make us feel like aliens. The manual we've been given to guide us through life doesn't have any diagrams of the parts we've been given. I've decided to stop throwing away my parts and start throwing away this useless manual to write my own. So kick off your shoes, have a seat, and take a break from fitting yourself into a mold that's not your shape. You belong here. Allies, welcome to the ADHD planet. ADHDers, welcome home. Hello everyone, welcome back uh, to the ADHD Manual Podcast. This is Abby. Um, For those of you who saw my Facebook post and website post the other day um, saying that I had changed my name to Abby Chow, um, maybe you're saying, what? Her intro still says minor. She lied to us. Well, I promise I didn't. I did change my name. And I haven't had the energy to re-record the intro. And that's the whole story. Now you're caught up. Anyway, I thought today uh, we would take it a little easy and a little short. Last week was a bit of a long episode um, with my brother talking about the office um, and ADHD in the office. So, um, And that was a lot of fun, but it was a little bit longer. So I thought we would take it easy today. Um, and return to a, uh, an email, a question I got actually a very long time ago now. (laughs) Um, but I, uh, got permission from this person to share their question and, um, and my answer in a podcast episode. So this email uh, reads, good evening, I just wanted to ask in your opinion, what separates general anxiety disorder and ADHD? Diagnostically, I can easily be classified as ADHD, although I'm diagnosed GAD, and it explains every aspect of my emotional well-being. My son has been diagnosed this year as ADHD inattentive, and I see a lot of myself in him at times and can identify when he's anxious, but his reasoning, lack of attention, and ability to only see in black and white comes from his father. They even have the same atrocious handwriting. So I was just curious as to your professional opinion and the diagnostics and differences between the two disorders. Are they linked? Do they always follow one another? Could everyone technically be classified ADHD? Many thanks. So this is a really good question um, because ADHD and um, anxiety or um, GAD have a ton of similarities Um, and a lot of times it can be really hard to tell them apart um, and often they, um, in both adults and children, they get diagnosed as each other. Um, You know, for example, like anxiety can have... um, some things that look like ADHD symptoms, such as like uh, fidgeting, maybe difficulty focusing because they're focused on anxiety and worry, um, difficulty sleeping, um, and then maybe some social challenges, difficulty connected with others if there's social anxiety. And then obviously living with ADHD can lead to a lot of anxiety as well. You know, living with ADHD is really, really hard. And we know as part of the interest-based 
nervous system that um, procrastination and waiting until something is urgent is a lot of times um, what we have relied on to function and uh, to activate our motivation and our um, initiating and completing tasks. So uh, that can be effective, but um, we're not immune to the kind of effects that constantly procrastinating and constantly being in a state of crisis can have on our nerves. It can really wear on us. Um, and then lastly, uh, hyperactivity feels and looks a lot like anxiety. Um, I hear I hear a lot of people... Um, I hear a lot of people who describe themselves as either identifying or being diagnosed as ADHD predominantly inattentive presentation. Um, so it's, and that diagnosis is what um, used to be called ADD, right? Um, without the hyperactivity. So I hear a lot from people um, identifying as inattentive and then they describe um, symptoms that are hyperactivity, you know? Um, so I think that there's a lot of, uh, I think sometimes we can fall, uh, fall into the trap of viewing hyperactivity very, very narrowly, um, as like a, you know, energetic boy bouncing off the walls, you know, can't sit still, um, always has to be moving and running tons of energy. Right. And the truth is that's only one, uh, presentation of many, many presentations of hyperactivity. So yeah, so I see a lot of people who are uh, diagnosed ADHD inattentive and anxiety, which um, I'm not saying is impossible, um, but it does seem a little uh, maybe harder to believe for me just because the two can overlap so much or can look like, um, because hyperactivity can look like anxiety. So anyway, um, and then of course there's the fact that ADHD and anxiety are very, very highly comorbid, um, which means they they often come in a pair um, and travel together. Um, it's one of the most common disorders diagnosed alongside ADHD. Um, so it's definitely possible to have them both. But I, I also think that it's worth exploring what is the difference between the two, um, especially if you're trying to treat it, um, maybe with medication? So sometimes you'll you'll say, well, um, stimulants are used to treat ADHD, but then some people, um, prescribers or um, or patients, can be worried about stimulants actually um, worsening their anxiety, which can happen. Um, so there are moments when it is important to kind of tell the difference. Um, and it's also kind of depends on how you treat it even without medication, um, because one of the most widely used models for treating anxiety in therapy is cognitive behavioral therapy, um, which basically looks into, uh, thoughts and behaviors and beliefs, um, and kind of works on changing your, uh, your thought patterns and the way you respond to situations, right? Whereas with ADHD, I, I definitely see that um, being used to treat ADHD very frequently, CBT. Um, and I know some people who get a lot out of that. Um, 
but I also see a lot of people who don't get much out of that, uh, people with ADHD, I mean, because ADHD isn't a mental illness, right? It's a neurodevelopmental disorder. So a lot of times that CBT um, doesn't quite reach the root of ADHD and, and uh, it doesn't cause the same amount of um, change um, that it might in someone who has anxiety. So there are a lot of situations where it could be important to know what the difference is between anxiety and ADHD. So uh, let's start with like, what is anxiety actually? So like the definition, like what, what we need to have to have anxiety is fear. So um, that's essentially what anxiety is. It's fear and worry. Um, and that's kind of rooted in the future, right? Worry about what might happen. And everyone gets anxious, everyone gets nervous, um, but it becomes an anxiety disorder when the anxiety is one, not realistic, like it's not based in reality. Um, they might be irrational fears, um, and when it significantly interferes with your life and impairs you from doing, um, from doing things you want to do and functioning in a way that's useful to you. So that's when it becomes disordered. So, in other words, um, someone with anxiety is worried about what might happen, and often this person, like, knows that the fear isn't necessarily, um, rational, right? Um, but it's that, that feeling, that, um, fight or flight activation, which is kind of flared up. It prevents the body from realizing that this fear is irrational. But if anxiety can be tied to ADHD, that might look more like, um, in a sense, being worked up about the past, right? Like our anxieties might be actually based in reality. They might be realistic because, um, you know, we've have experiences when we have been humiliated or had moments when um, we needed our motivation, our skills to show up and they didn't, you know, so we might um, have anxiety about certain situations in the future because of the difficulty we've had in handling them in the past, uh, whereas anxiety, that might not always be the case. Here's an example. So um, some, an experience maybe related to anxiety might be a fear of, um, you know, a, a phobia. So like uh, small spaces or um, public speaking, that might be more anxiety about what what could happen. Um, you know, you get that, you get kind of like sweaty and you get like nervous and it, your heart is racing and a lot of those like physical symptoms that indicate that your amygdala is taking over and getting ready to do whatever it takes to survive, right? Um, and a lot of times someone with anxiety like that, even if they've had examples in their life where something has gone right in those situations before, like maybe they have given um, a speech in the past and it went really well, but they're still anxious about it going into the future because what might happen, right? Whereas um, something that might look like anxiety for people with ADHD could be, let's see, what's something that makes me anxious? Um, big projects, you know, like a big assignment or an assignment with multiple steps or a big task or series of tasks that um, 
I'm expected to do or that people are counting on me to do, those make me anxious because I've had situations in the past when um, when I've needed my abilities to show up and they didn't, you know? So I've had situations where I've had to do big tasks and it didn't go well, right? I couldn't start, you know, I have a lot of experiences of just like sitting in one place and not being able to move um, because of my executive dysfunction, right? I don't know where to start. And that's very anxiety producing. Um, it was, and it is now, because what if that happens again, right? Like what if my abilities won't show up when I need them? So I think that is closer to like an ADHD anxiety. And then of course, you know, um, just circling back to anxiety versus hyperactivity, right? So, um, anxiety again is like fear about what might happen, but the ADHD experience of hyperactivity, especially adults who have perhaps learned to internalize their hyperactivity, um, and it's turned more inward into like a persistently restless feeling. And one of the executive functions that people with ADHD might struggle with is um, kind of self-awareness and self-reflection. And so a lot of us tend to have some trouble with labeling our own emotional experiences because that could be really difficult, right? Um, it's a function of the brain to essentially be able to look at your own emotions as like an outside party. And that can be really difficult for us sometimes and not come naturally. So a lot of times, even people with ADHD, they are experiencing, you know, ADHD hyperarousal or hyperactivity, but they say it's anxiety because that's how it feels to them inside, right? It's like, it's like, uh, you know, kind of heart racing, not, not being able to, uh, you know, just be or relax or sit down, right? A great article that I wanted to read a little excerpt from um, talking about this uh, nuance between the two um, is called Why Anxiety Disorder is So Often Misdiagnosed, and it's by Dr. William Dodson, and I found it on Attitude Mag. So he says, when a person with ADHD complains of severe anxiety, I recommend that the clinician not immediately accept the patient's label for her emotional experience. A clinician should say, tell me more about your baseless apprehensive fear, which is the definition of anxiety. More times than not, a person with ADHD hyperarousal will give a quizzical look and respond, I never said I was afraid. If the patient can drop the label long enough to describe what the feeling is like, a clinician will likely hear, I am always tense. I can't relax enough to sit and watch a movie or TV program. I always feel like I have to go do something. The patients are describing the inner experience of hyperactivity when it is not being expressed physically. So I thought that was kind of helpful um, in kind of reframing anxiety more as fear because like, you know, for one, people with ADHD, we have trouble labeling our emotional experience, but also like this, this feeling I think we've also been taught is anxiety, right? Like I think anxiety is kind of a, you know, maybe a, a catch-all word that um, is not inaccurate. Um, I mean, everyone gets anxious. Everyone has anxiety and that um, that serves a purpose, you know, like we, we care about how we do um, and our, our brain is just trying to keep us alive, just trying to like, uh, you know, it interprets threats, both physical and emotional, um, in the same way and tries to protect us to make sure that we're going to be ready for whatever comes ahead. So it's not that it's wrong, but it can be really useful to get more specific about, um, you know, reframing anxiety as fear um, versus, you know, that kind of restless, tense feeling. 
So in terms of treating it, um, what comes first? What do you treat first? That can be complicated sometimes. And of course, you know, doctors and prescribers will all have different ways of going about this. You know, they might just, you know, feel overall that it's better to treat anxiety first um, and then the ADHD. But in general, if both ADHD and GAD are suspected or coexisting, then um, typically it's most helpful to treat the ADHD first. And so the reason for that is that um, when ADHD is present, like even if you also have anxiety, ADHD makes anxiety so much worse, right? So there's like that like um, ADHD restlessness and hyperactivity and, um, you know, realistic fears. Um, and many, many people find that when their ADHD is treated appropriately, it actually lessens their anxiety. Um, whereas if both ADHD and anxiety are present, treating anxiety pretty rarely improves ADHD, right? Because it's not mood disorder. Um, it's a neurodevelopmental disorder. So neurodevelopmental disorders affect mood and um, emotional experiences because it affects everything. You know, it's about like, it's about the neurological and developmental, like, inherent nature of it. Whereas an anxiety is a mood disorder that um, doesn't have maybe as deep roots is one way to say it. So many people will find that treating their ADHD first um, actually improves their anxiety. And it also helps um, some of the treatments such as CBT. Um, it helps it be more effective. Oftentimes, um, ADHD makes it kind of hard to to participate and get the most out of CBT because of all the, um, you know, um, executive functions that stand in the way of really getting the most out of it. So a lot of times when you treat the ADHD, when you treat those executive functions and those underlying issues, then it makes the anxiety treatment much more effective. However, I think, um, Honestly, even if you're not diagnosed with anxiety along AD, alongside ADHD, it's still um, really important for good ADHD treatment to address the, uh, you know, the negative experiences with certain things because of um, how damaging they've been for us in the past or the restlessness or, um, you know, social um, anxiety, things like that. So I think any good ADHD treatment um, even if it doesn't treat anxiety also, it addresses anxiety because it really impairs a good majority of us. So that's basically the, the primer of ADHD versus anxiety. Um, but of course, there's a lot more that you could go into, um, you know, more brain chemistry stuff and, and talking about that. And uh, I think that we will probably come back to it um, over and over because, like I said, that experience of anxiety, um, it pops up a lot. I mean, even with rejection-sensitive dysphoria, um, when we talked about that, I mentioned that that also activates our amygdala, right? Our fight-or-flight response. So um, it makes sense that if both anxiety and RSD kind of impact that survival mode, we might have a lot of overlapping experiences. So thank you uh, to this person for sending this question. Um, I thought it was great to explore and look at. And uh, if anyone else has a question or a topic that they really want to uh, hear me talk about, please send me an email. 
um, at the ADHD manual at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you and I'll be back in a couple weeks for some more ADHD fun. Take care, everybody. That's all for this episode, but there is plenty more at my website, theadhdmanual.com. That's T-H-E-A-D-H-D-M-A-N-U-A-L.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit at The ADHD Manual. Do you have a question, comment, or story? Then I want to hear it. Email me at theadhdmanual at gmail.com. Very special thank you to my brother, Joe Miner, for composing this theme music. And thank you so much for listening. And remember to be kind to yourself. See you next time.